I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from Harry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 115 of Thoughts from Harry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the Federal Reserve. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about the economy, and in particular, the Federal Reserve and its impact on what's going on today economically. We talk a lot about the Fed, or we hear a lot about the Fed. You know, we'll, we'll hear about Fed meetings or Fed policy, the Fed did this. And if you're involved in activism, you've probably heard about uh, efforts to audit the Fed or maybe even to end the Fed. But for all of the talk about the Federal Reserve, I don't really think most Americans realize exactly what it does or just how much impact it has on the American economy and the world economy for that matter. When we talk about economics, we tend to focus on government policy. So we'll talk about things like tax cuts or tax increases. Uh, We'll talk about cutting regulation or regulating banks. And uh, we'll talk about things like minimum wage policy. Those are the things that most people think about when they think about economics. Those are the things they think are impacting the economy, and they'll want to tinker with those things one way or the other, depending on their political point of view. But here's the dirty little secret. No matter what happens in Washington, D.C. in terms of government policy, that impact pales in comparison to the power the Federal Reserve has over our economy. No matter what Donald Trump or the Republicans do, they're not going to be able to overcome what the Fed has done. The Fed has created a bubble economy. The bubbles are going to pop. We are heading for a recession. There is going to be a crash. There's not thing one Donald Trump or the Republicans can do about it. They might be able to put it off for a while, but it's coming, and it all has to do with what the Federal Reserve has done. So there have been a couple of things in the news, a couple of items this week that I wanted to touch on that I think I can use to help explain at least somewhat how much of an impact the Fed has and why it has that impact. So what does the Fed do? What is its role in the economy? Well, basically, it creates money. Effectively, it prints money out of thin air, and it does this in a couple of ways. Uh, It does this through what is known as quantitative easing, which is basically purchasing assets. So the Federal Reserve actually buys U.S. treasuries and bonds. It creates money and then lets the federal government borrow the money that it created. And it also 
deals with interest rate policy. And that's what I kind of want to focus on today. Both of those things work together because both interest rates and quantitative easing effectively increase the monetary supply. But I want to focus on interest rates because that's easier to wrap, uh, wrap our heads around. So why does the Fed play with interest rates? Well, when the economy is struggling, the idea is that they can lower interest rates and encourage borrowing. When they encourage borrowing, that encourages spending. So, you know, if your credit card rate goes way down, you're more likely to run up debt on your credit card. If you're a big corporation and you can borrow money, you're more likely to do so if the interest rates are low. So the idea is they'll push interest rates down, they'll fix the economy, and then once the economy's running again, it'll raise interest rates and, uh, you know, we'll bring things back to normal. So this is the basics of stimulus. We think of government spending as stimulus, but the real stimulus is going on with the Federal Reserve, its quantitative easing, and its interest rates. So basically, for the last decade, we have had 10 years of exceedingly low, easy money policies. After the 2008 crash, the Fed pushed interest rates all the way down to zero. They held them there for years. And it was really just 2015 when the Fed started pushing those interest rates back up. It began to normalize in December of 2015. But even today, we're still at an exceptionally low interest rate, at least from a historical perspective. But even so, just raising the interest rates a little bit off of that zero has started to create problems in the economy. Now, this stimulus thing, it does work. It definitely gets people to borrow money. We have a total household debt in this country that's staggering. In 2017, it hit a record $13 trillion. That eclipses levels that were seen on the eve of the Great Recession. And Americans have been burning up their credit cards. Revolving debt grew by $26 billion in the fourth quarter of 2017 alone. That was a 3.2% increase. So Americans have run up nearly a trillion-dollar credit card tab. Meanwhile, flows into serious delinquency on credit cards has increased steadily since the third quarter of 2016. Now, the delinquency level of subprime credit cards, those are credit cards issued to more risky borrowers, that's particularly concerning because they have risen to a level higher than at the peak of the financial crisis. Now, small banks hold a lot of that subprime credit card debt. In order to compete with big banks, small financial institutions have to take on greater risk in order to build their credit base. As a result, delinquency rates tend to run higher for small bank credit cards, and they are currently rising at an alarming pace. In fact, credit card delinquencies for more than 4,700 small banks rose to 5.9% in the first quarter of this year. That's higher than at the peak of the Great Recession. Meanwhile, the credit card charge-off rates that banks, uh, when banks have to write off credit card debt, write off bad debt, that spiked to 7.99%, and that approaches the financial crisis peak of 8.78%. Now, consider this. The last time subprime credit card delinquency rates were this high, the economy was in the midst of a massive recession, with unemployment spiraling towards 10%. Today, we're supposedly, supposedly, enjoying a robust economy with unemployment near historic lows. Something doesn't add up here. So, the Fed is now pulling back on the easy money punch bowl. Interest rates are going up. Like I said, in 2015, they started to talk about normalizing. It doesn't take a PhD economist to know 
that rising interest rates on a big credit card bill is not good news. It means your payment's going to go up, and that means delinquency rates are also going to continue to rise higher as these monthly minimum payments increase. So this subprime delinquency rate that's already above financial crisis levels, this is like the canary in the coal mine. Now let's look at another part, uh, another piece of news that came out this week. Climbing interest rates are putting the squeeze on the mortgage refi market. Applications to refinance home mortgages fell 5% last week. That is an 18-year low. According to CNBC, mortgage application volume was nearly 27% lower than a year ago when rates were lower. The refinance share of total mortgage application volume fell to its lowest level since August 2008 at just 35.3%. In other words, people aren't refinancing their mortgages right now. Now, as Peter Schiff pointed out in one of his podcasts, this is a bad sign for the broader economy. With rising rates, U.S. consumers are no longer going to be able to use their homes as an ATM. That's a bigger problem than you might think because Americans have been using home refi as a lifeline. It's enabled them to keep on spending even if they are tapped out. Think about it. Why do you refinance your mortgage? Generally, it's because you know you can reduce your monthly payment. That means more money in your pocket to spend. Or you might refinance so you can take cash out of the equity in your home, kind of like an ATM. You can spend that money on home improvements, a new car, a vacation, or whatever you want. In other words, Federal Reserve stimulus. So with interest rates pushed down and held artificially low by central bank monetary policy, home refinancing helped fuel consumer spending over the last decade. But now, the Federal Reserve has pivoted to tightening or normalization. In other words, it's turned off the easy money spigot. It's taking away that punch bowl. So if interest rates have already risen to the point where that option is no longer on the table, it's like a lifeline is gone. If you're a consumer and you get tapped out, you don't really have any options. You can't refinance your mortgage. Your credit card is maxed out. Your credit card payments are going up. And I've got bad news. Interest rates are going to go higher. Of course, a decrease in consumer spending is not good news in an economy that's driven on purpose by consumer spending. When we look at what's going on with mortgages and credit cards, we can see the direct effect of rising interest rates. And this is a direct effect of Federal Reserve policy. This phenomenon is going to repeat itself across other sectors of the economy. Corporations are levered up on easy money. Governments are levered up on easy money. Everybody has spent the last 10 years borrowing, and now it's time to pay the piper. And all of this is intentional. The Fed created it, and now the Fed is trying to reverse course. It's trying to push rates up. After all, you can't drink punch forever, right? It's not good for you. The central bankers know they can't keep the easy money policies in place forever. If they do, they won't have any punch to serve during the next crash. So they're pushing rates up, or normalizing as they call it. The thing is, they are going to cause the next crash. They are going to burst the bubbles they blew up. This is just a repeat performance of 2006. It's just that nobody has realized it yet. So that's the problem with the Fed. It's creating this boom-bust cycle. It's an unconstitutional entity. It's tinkering with the economy. It's creating havoc. That's why we need to end the Fed. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Harry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. 
I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. If you haven't done it already, please head to iTunes and subscribe to Thoughts from Meharry Head. You can do it for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.